Hello, welcome to Recapping with Delora and Ashley. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Recapping Podcast. Also, comment, rate, and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. We're on all the things. We would love to hear your ratings of the movies and shows we review. Email us your audio file to recappingpodcast at gmail.com and we will play it during the show. Or DM us on Instagram and we will post and read it on air. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you. Hey, Ashley. Hey, girl. Hey, how are you? I'm doing. I'm doing okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> excited about this recap, though. What are, we, what are we talking about today? As if I don't know, but for the people. <laughs> for the people, we are recapping Loki. Ooh. This is a Disney Plus slash Marvel Studios original. It is a six episode series rated PG-14 and it premiered June 9th this year, 2021. Here's a quick summary. Loki, the god of mischief, steps out of his brother's shadow to embark on an adventure that takes place after the events of Avengers Endgame. This series stars the very handsome Tom Hiddleston as Loki. I actually, I remember the first time I saw him outside of the black hair, I was like, oh, he's actually handsome. I always thought thought he looked so weird because, you know, he has the black hair and he's very pale, you know? If you think about that, a lot of blondes do look weird with dark hair. It looks unnatural for sure. Well, I also feel that way about redheads who go blonde, i.e. Emma Stone. I'm like... Well, Emma Stone is actually a natural blonde. And they they have her red to differentiate herself when she moved to Hollywood, so... Well, Nicole Kidman. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Julianne, Julianne uh, Moore. I love all the redheads. I love all of them. Yeah, Thank Julianne Moore, I agree. It does. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Sophie D. Martino as Sylvie. Owen Wilson as Mobius. Gugu Mabatha Ra as Renslayer. Wumi Moskiu as Hunter B-15, Richard E. Grant as Classic Loki, and Jonathan Mother Ethan Majors as He Who Remains. This series is created by Michael Waldron, who is part of the Marvel Studios and a lot of the same producers, so I'm not going to go down that list. Okay, ratings for the series. Rotten Tomatoes. Critics gave this series 92%, audience 87%, and for Google users, 95%. All right, Ashley, what's your grade for this series? Okay, I kept doing whoop whoop, but you know, I did not love this series the first time I watched it, but it gets a B minus because that ending. That ending got me. So the first mm-hmm. time I watched it, I probably enjoyed every other episode. But Loki is not remotely a fave for me in terms of the Marvel Universe. So I wasn't initially deeply invested or in the show or this character. And also, as we were going through, I felt so confused as to why it was so deep. It's supposed to be so thought provoking. I'm like, this would fit more with like Doctor Strange. But 
that ending, like I said, it got me and what the future, what it means for the MCU. So B minus it is for me today. What about you for Loki? I gave this series a B plus. I agree with you wholeheartedly. And I actually put that in my notes as well. It was a slow burn. Like the first time I saw it, I fell asleep on the first three episodes often. (laughs) 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 I had to rewatch it. Just to be like, okay, what did I miss? What, you know, Loki actually is one of my favorite uh, characters in the Marvel Universe. Um, because, like, if I were to rate them, it's uh, Captain America, you know, Iron Man, Thor. And then I actually would go Loki before I go anywhere else. Or Black Panther. Oh, but Black Panther, yes. I'm thinking about the original series. The, the original, original Avengers. Avengers. Yes. Of course, Black Panther. Always Black Panther. Well, kind of forever. Um, <laughs> but you know how I feel about Hawkeye and Black Widow. Like, they've been there for the longest time, and I still forget about them. And <laughs> Loki is not that for me. But uh, the other thing I wanted to say about this is that it definitely got so good towards the end mm-hmm. so that's a um, trend that's a trend with these shows if you think I've about it that as well. even though yes. WandaVision stayed consistently good once yes. you really understood what was happening you know absolutely absolutely thank you and then check out that of, recap guys yes please and then of course I also want to say love Tom and the other thing that I love about Loki is what I also love about Thor it took it, it took itself way too seriously in the first movie, but I love how they've gradually gotten uh, camp in some ways. Like yeah. They have a sense of humor, and I love everything about that. Love, Thor love, definitely love. got silly. <laughs> yes, and it, he needed to be there. He, he, the, the first movie was just too much. <laughs> I was thinking the, the second most. Captain Marvel was already out. I've been watched too many uh, multiple versions of all these characters. <laughs> Yes, because we're in the fourth phase of this MCU universe, Ashley. Mm-hmm. All right, spoiler alert. So we're going to talk about this, this show two episodes at a time. So the first episode, Glorious Purpose. After stealing the Tesseract, Loki lands before the Time Variant Authority. And then episode two, The Variant, Mobius puts Loki to work, but not everyone at the TVA is thrilled about his present. So we start this series in 2012. The Avengers have captured Loki, but this is a part of the end game when they did the time traveling situation. So the antics of end game allow Loki to take the Tesseract and he vanishes. That's all we saw <laughs> from the movie. Because of the series, we see that he lands in the desert and we're immediately introduced by this hunter, B-15, who has identified Loki as a variant. You know, as an audience member, we're just all like, okay, what is going on? She apparently wants to arrest him. And in the back of my mind, Ashley, I'm thinking, Loki's a freaking god, like, with a little G. But (laughs) what is she going to do with him, right? We've seen him get out of so many situations. Exactly. But she quickly put him in his place. Again, Hunter B-15, played by the marvelous Boomy. I was introduced to her 
courtesy of Lovecraft Country. So I knew when she showed up on on this uh, TV, it was going to be something dynamic. And so I loved every moment of it. (laughs) So Loki is sent to the Time Variant Agency, also known as the TVA. It seems like a 50s version of the DMV, which means nightmare, Ashley. So what are your initial impressions of this world right everything is very muted in color it's very you know it's a bureaucracy so it's borderline analog when it comes to the technology it seems very much like a fascist environment (laughs) as well i was lost as hell i'm gonna be honest on these first couple episodes i was like what is happening and i definitely put in my notes the dmv vibe and i said the dmv um if the dmv was that intense about taking tickets like comply or die imagine how much faster your experience at the dmv would be (laughs) exactly exactly we learned very quickly ashley that the purpose of this agency is to maintain the sacred timeline. Very like religious sounding on how things are came about. There apparently was a timeline war and the timekeepers, which are reptilian looking entities <laughs> created the sacred timeline, as well as the TVA to keep things in order so that there aren't any branches that needs to be fixed, i.e. variants that would bring any chaos to the, you know, to the order. Uh, we're also introduced to Renslayer, who's the judge who more than likely was going to prune Loki, but courtesy of Mor- Morbius and Analyst. He stops her because he feels like Loki can be helpful for the case. I love Google. Uh, I did not love her in this role, but I love Google. <laughs> I love Google too. I love everything that she's in. Fast Color is one of my favorite films she's done in recent years. Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And can I say I love Owen Wilson in this role? Wasn't he such a great unexpected comic relief like he was he's always that you know like a like that type of dry humor but it was just Mm -hmm. so unexpected in a show like Loki for me he was so endearing for me like I don't know what it was about this I think I think because typically I feel like his characters are more like him Mm -hmm. (laughs) like maybe so free-spirited in some ways I feel like by Mobius being so like you know buttoned up and things like that it's I think it's also circumstance. When we get into what the circumstances are, it's like, that's a little harsh. So we'll get there. So Loki being the trickster and manipulator that he is, he manages to escape narrowly from at least the interrogation room that Mobius had him in. And he was in search for the Tesseract. And in his search, he found a drawer, a pencil drawer full of Infinity Stones, one of his questions was, is this the greatest power in the universe? Yeah, because, I mean, as we, we as the audience who watch Marvel know, the Infinity Stones is what completely has upended the, the world, you know, as we yeah. know it. And yet it means absolutely nothing to these CBA workers. They use them as paperweights. So it's like his idea of power, but also ours is meaningless. Yes. Like, who are yes. these people? And what the is going on? <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. 
And we find out along with Loki that there's no way to go back at this point. He's stuck in the TVA and he's at this point willing to hear what Mobius has to say. And essentially he wants to find the superior Loki. One of my thoughts when I saw this, I was like, oh my gosh, this is giving me Castle from ABC and Prodigal Son from Fox. Like, oh, it's like a procedural where you're trying to find somebody and you need to consult, you know, a person who knows it all. Right. Do you to me yeah, that? no, I definitely know what you mean. You need, you need to bring in that, uh, not analyst, but uh, what, what do they call them? Or, or something. No, I think you said consultant. I mean, he was technically supposed to be like a consultant, but he's tracking a version of himself, right? Which is superior, totally different. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's the thing that got him too, was this whole idea of superiority. You know, he's an egomaniac. So what do you mean? There's a superior version of me out there. Exactly. And I have to say, in these first two episodes, you get a glimpse of very much the old Loki. Because going into episode two, his first trip out into the field, they use their temp pads to go to 1985. Because apparently there is a Nexus event. This is the branch that I was referring to that causes the sacred timeline to go out of order they go to 1985 wisconsin they have a team of hunters go dark so they want to see what is going on they quickly realize that hunter c20 is missing and loki is up to his old tricks ashley um i know you said that loki isn't one of your favorite characters from this marvel universe yeah not at all but did you find yourself wanting to trust him or were you surprised when he was lying to Mobius in that investigation? No, I neither. I was not surprised. I was not uh, ready to trust him whatsoever. I mean, let's be forget that Loki is a murderer. I mean, he's done yes. quite a bit. So no, I was not um, immediately inclined to you know, jump on his bandwagon. I was thinking Mobius was out of his effing mind. And I hope he knew what he was doing. Cause I'm like, you're dealing with the God of mischief. You know what I the mean? God of mischief. That's a valid point. Actually, I have to say my heart has warmed towards Loki forgetting all the horrors that he did from, especially Thor one. <laughs> I mean, I think I've gotten to, I think I was remembering Loki from, you know, Ragnarok as mm-hmm. well as uh, Infinity, the Infinity Wars, right? So, um, mind you, we weren't even there. He wasn't even that evolved at that point. So that's <laughs> that's one thing to remember. But um, I have to admit, I was hoping to root for him. One of uh, one comments that Tom made in the assembled documentary, he mentioned that TV is the medium for the anti-hero. And I thought that was like very insightful because he says that you have more time mm-hmm. for the character to evolve. And uh, we're going to get a little bit into that. So, so Mobius is disappointed, obviously, in Loki because he was lying to him um, during that investigation. So nothing was productive in that moment. Uh, So Loki got really curious on what exactly is the TVA. He wanted to know who created it, when was it created, and where's the end of time, right? Of course, he has no access. (laughs) Uh, And he only has access to his file. He quickly realizes that the superior Loki is hiding in Apocalypse. 
Now uh, that was impressive. I was impressed. Zero variance energy. I have to say, yes, I was impressed too. To test this theory, he convinced Mobius to go to 79 AD Pompeo to see if there would be any nexus energy if they were to do something right before the end of time (laughs) for that moment in time. And there was not. So they immediately... Uh, do some more research and they find that the spirit of Loki would be in Alabama 2050. We see that the spirit of Loki is able to possess or enchant people because the spirit of Loki knew that our Loki was there looking for her. It was giving me some real 1998 fallen vibes, Ashley. You remember that Denzel Washington movie? Yes, I do. That movie still freaks me out. If I hear anybody singing that song, I'm running in the other direction. Yes, I do. It just like possesses people like, oh, creepy. I agree. But actually, we find out very quickly that the superior Loki is a woman. I put in my notes, of course, the superior Loki is a woman. (laughs) Exactly. 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 Shocked to see who they were hunting down. Yes, I was, because I was not expecting this little blonde white lady to uh, pop that hood off. I'm just going to be honest. I wasn't, I wasn't ready. Expecting a man. I was expecting him. I was expecting to see another version of him. Yeah, because um, at this point, we did not know that there, that Loki variants would look different than the Loki yes, that we, we have, than Tom. Mm-hmm. That's a great point. I was under the same assumption. It would just be, you know, him just obviously living a different life. She sets off a seismic bomb and leaves and Loki follows to Mobius' disappointment. All right. I'm going to go further in. We're at episode three, uh, Lamentus, and episode four, the Nexus event. All right. Loki finds the variance plans, but he has his own scheme that will forever alter both of their destinies. And then for episode four, Braid Nerves and Paranoia uh, infiltrate the TVA as Mobius and Hunter B-15 search for Loki and Sylvie. For episode three, we're back at the TVA headquarters. The superior Loki wants to go in the elevator to meet the timekeepers. Loki wants to work with her. Of course, he's still very small-minded trying to see if he can outsmart her. You can see his insecurities from a mile away. (laughs) Did you pick up on any of that in his interaction with her? Yeah, for sure. But as you mentioned, like, oh, you know, why are you the superior one, right? <laughs> yeah, because like he's intrigued with her because he has no idea who she is, what it is that she's really after. And he remember back in episode two, he put us across on the table and said, listen, I'm just trying to overthrow the timekeeper's authority and rule because very low-key, all he wants is power, right? Sylvie, he, he was intrigued by her where she seemed bored with him. So yes, Absolutely. of course, of course, we're playing that cat and mouse game between a man and a woman, of course. <laughs> well, they get cornered and Loki used the tin pad to go to 2077 Lamentus. I literally looked over to David and I was like, we can still be alive in 2077, right? <laughs> some of these uh some of these scenes looked a little bleak for our future of humanity. I'll say that. To be fair, Lamentus is a whole nother planet or moon or what have you. So But I even have where they went that. Even when they went episode two, wasn't that in the future? I was like 2050? Yes. Yeah. 2050 Alabama. A little bleak. A little bleak. 
I know with all this weather that's going on, she tells him really quickly that this is the worst apocalypse <laughs> you could drop us into. And guess what, Ashley? There's no charge on the freaking temp pad. They are now in search of a way to charge it. And of course, by both of them being Lokis, there is no trust because they're tricksters. This episode was very interesting for me because obviously this was the Bondi episode, right? right. This is the episode that they were going to be able to make some level of connection, which we later find out that they bond over their mother and magic and having no trust for anyone. <laughs> I love the background with this episode, though. Too. Yeah. I actually did not enjoy it. It was to me, you, to speak to the bleakness of it all, it was giving me, you know. Oh, no, not the, Damon, not the scenery, Martian. the background of their stories. Like when they sat oh. down and had a conversation together, that yes. background. Like I enjoy yes. hearing more about their similarities. So that's what I was actually going to ask you, Ashley. What was the most surprising fact or point in their conversation about their backgrounds? The most surprising fact was probably just the idea of uh, Sylvie's experience being so much different than he is, talking about mm -hmm. she can't really remember her mother. And, mm -hmm. you know, because again, at this point, we didn't necessarily know what makes one Loki different than another in terms of their mm -hmm. life or their situation. And you can tell that she's lived even, you know, Loki has had a lot of tragedy, a lot of crazy things that have happened. She had a sadness that was even deeper than Loki. So it just yes. made me more curious as to, you know, who Sylvie really was. So that was probably the most surprising. It's just that there are that there were differences between Lokis in general. I didn't know what their lives would be like in different timelines. Yes, um, that's an excellent point. I also thought it was interesting how they define love right everything about love was very painful it was first described as mischief and then loki had this awfully long <laughs> metaphor comparing it to a dagger right mm -hmm. so them having little children that needed hugs and kisses <laughs> their inner child Sure, for sure. That's a great point about them both equating it to pain. I think it definitely comes back to the fact that Loki's across the board are not hero characters and that they don't usually have happy stories, no matter what timeline they come from. That's so true, because uh, one of the quotes that's said throughout this series is like, you know, we may not win, but we always escape or we always, you know, we never die. You know, there's always this, we don't get our happy ending, but <laughs> we, we get to live on for another day to trick somebody else in some ways, you know? And we have a really good time. <laughs> they made a nod to Loki being a part of the LGBTQ plus community, mm -hmm. um, which, which was major because comic books are notorious for being conservative especially the old ones right, right, um, right, right. On, on those on that demographic and then we also learned that the tva is made up of all variants but they just don't know about that and that's something that sylvie knows so that's what i was mentioning about why mobius became and that character became so much more endearing to me is the idea of being thinking you're serving this noble cause, thinking you're living your life on the right path and your life is a lie and you don't even know it, right? So I felt that he was bamboozled and that was why he became even more endearing for me as a character. 
But in some ways, as I mentioned before, it's almost like fascism, right? Like this authoritarian questions or right. (laughs) And, and, you know, when you have people follow blindly and information is on a need to know basis, but at the individual's expense, quick mention at the end of episode three, they didn't make it to the arc. So they're pretty much left to wait for the end of this particular apocalypse, right? It's awful, dreadful, Ashley, watching it like, oh my goodness, there's no way out. We get a flashback, which you know, I love a good flashback. (laughs) (laughs) We see that Sylvie was playing an Asgard, minding her own business, and the TVA led by Renslayer picks her up and takes her to the TVA. This was actually quite, quite sad. We learn quickly that the young Sylvie stole Renslayer's tin pad and has been on the run ever since. Was this heartbreaking for you, Ashley? Absolutely. You know, I have a soft spot for the children. And mm-hmm. to see, first of all, obviously the TV was lying to the timekeepers about their true origins, but then to also mm-hmm. see that y'all were arresting children and taking children from their homes and their lives, like, this is the part where me and the TVA broke up. It was like, if I ever thought that y'all were on the right side of things and y'all were down for some great noble cause, that mm-hmm. was shattered when they did this. I was over it. I was down for destroying them all. We then are were moved to present day where Loki and Sylvie are essentially waiting for this apocalypse to happen, but their, but their bond with each other grows and it grows literally because it creates a nexus event what do you think of falling in love with himself <laughs> so is it inevitable given the egomania of the character it's basically just like the highest form of masturbation that's what i think <laughs> of course loki falls in love with himself of course he does exactly. who else would he be able to fall for <laughs> And he's falling hard, Ashley. Mobius finally gets a hold of Loki because, as I mentioned, this Nexus event drew the TVA exactly where they were. <laughs> Loki, now knowing this newfound information about the TVA, is warning Mobius, like, hey, I know some things now. Hear me out. And Mobius is like, no, what are you talking about? And to your point, Mobius gets curious and he starts asking questions he go to Renslayer and ask her about um interviewing c20 the missing guard that they eventually found because he wants to you know interrogate her but Renslayer acting real shady was like oh no you can't she died doubts in Renslayer develop Ashley when did they develop mm-hmm. Uh, probably at the same point in time where, again, I saw her drag a child version of Sylvie back to the TVA. Like, there's a a level to Renslayer at first where I felt that, you know, she's just another cog in the wheel in terms of doing what she's told and never questioning anything. But I Mm -hmm. feel like that's too simple because I feel like she has access Mm -hmm. to information that a lot of the rest of them don't. And she Mm -hmm. chose not to dig deeper in certain scenarios. So I have no love for Renslayer. Again, Google, I love you, but I can't get down with this character. <laughs> I found myself starting to distrust her around uh, the, the missing agent that they eventually found. And of course, Mobius 
does some more snooping because he's an analyst after all. And he finds very quickly that Rensselaer uh, was up to no good because C20 in this um, video was saying, you know, it was real. She had a life before. That was part of one of the uh, flashbacks or what would appear to be a flashback, but it was um, Sylvie enchanting the hunter. So Mobius quickly gets Loki and they try to escape, but unfortunately Renslayer quickly finds out that Mobius knows something and he is pruned. This so much of friendship. This was the first heartbreak I feel like in the series where I'm like, not Mobius. But she has just claimed that their friendship was so deep. They bond yep. so strong. That's so true. Well, there's more suspicion in the TVA, Ashley, because Hunter B-15 started asking some questions too. She's like, she wanted to speak to Sylvie because after um, Alabama 2050, she was one of the people that Sylvie enchanted. And so she was like, hey, something's off here. What is going on? She finds out that she was a variant in her previous life. She was very happy. All right. Towards the end of this episode, is actually one of my favorite parts of the show. We finally get to meet the timekeepers, Ashley. Uh, Mobius is gone. Renslayer has both Loki and Sylvie. They go up that elevator Sylvie was trying to get to in episode two. And all hell breaks. <laughs> because their conversation with the timekeepers go wrong. A fight breaks out. B-15 helps Sylvie. And we find out very quickly that the timekeepers are fake. How did you take this, Ashley? I knew where they were fake as soon as they stepped off the elevator and I saw them. I said, oh, that's some fake shit. And so, mm. little by little, as they started talking and think, I was like, that looks like some animatronic stuff you would have seen at, at Chuck Disney E. Cheese. Or, yeah. <laughs> like, I was like, there's no way. I said, what is this and what does this mean? So, yeah, I wasn't shocked that they were fake. I just wonder, what does this really mean? Even the smoke, like the whole thing looked like mm-hmm. a generic set. And I was like, this ain't Marvel. Marvel could do better than this. This can't be. But real. why Renslayer took, took, you know, it seemed like she took it so seriously because she actually had gone there previously once. Yeah. She didn't um, know they were fake. Went. Yeah, I don't think she yeah. knew they were fake. So I think she was just as shocked as everybody else to see that the entity she thought was in control wasn't. But, you know, she's a little crazier than everybody else. So she didn't take it in quite the same way. But she was just and, as shocked. And, you know, again, to speak to a possible religious aspect of this right and the the quote-unquote dogma of it all she was drinking all of the kool-aid yeah 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 <laughs> after the fight loki is trying to have a heart-to-heart with sylvie and right before he's able to say anything he is pruned by by goo goo i was my mouth was on the floor i'm like not loki <laughs> not loki not the star <laughs> especially right before i'm like of course him needing a hug his entire life right him finally feeling connected to somebody enough to even express himself and he's unable to do it i just was distraught did you have any feelings towards that i was just like again this can't be it what is really going on and if he's dead what does this mean you know what does this mean all right, so we are now in the final two episodes of the series. Episode five, Journey into Mystery. 
Loki tries to escape the void, a desolate purgatory where he meets variant versions of himself, and then episode six, for all time, always. The clock ticks as Loki and Sylvie go on a date with destiny. Episode five, Loki wakes up in the void and he meets, as I mentioned, versions of himself. He meets kid Loki, classic Loki, boastful Loki, and alligator Loki. Ashley, which one's your favorite? Old. The older version of Loki was my favorite. Classic Loki. Classic Loki is mine too. I also enjoyed this part too. They all explain their Nexus event that caused them to essentially be purged by the TVA. We learned that kid Loki killed Thor. (laughs) Can you imagine? Boastful Loki claims that he killed Captain America and, and Iron Man, and he had all six of the Infinity Stones, but <laughs> no one believed that. Alligator Loki ate the wrong cat, <laughs> and classic Loki had the opportunity to live to be an old man by living in isolation on a planet in the universe. That was crazy. <laughs> that was crazy to me. So they take our Loki in very quickly, take them to the hiding spot, they're in the void, as I mentioned, is a desolate purgatory. Um, the director said that she w- she was like, it's a it's essentially like a graveyard of a lot of hidden gems, technically. From there's helicopters that had Thanos on it. There was a um, pyramid, which is important, that was there, as well as uh, a replica of you know, the Stark Tower and things like that. So there were a lot of Easter eggs in that, you know, deserted land, but they are all running from Elias, which is this ghost-like monsters that like to eat up anything that goes into the void, usually from the, the TVA pruning it. It was an attack cloud. Like, it was an, it was an attack cloud. <laughs> Yes, the darkness. If you ever watch Once Upon a Time, which is at ABC Disney, they're getting all the money. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the group takes Loki to their hideaway and they are quickly met with other Lokis. We find out that boastful Loki, who apparently isn't very smart, but like every Loki, self indulgent and self important thought that he could betray his core group to be king of all Lokis. (laughs) And that backfires very quickly. I felt like this whole entire fight was extremely comical. Do you have any thoughts on this uh, particular incident? That's just utterly ridiculous. I just said, are there any other variants that are as problematic as the Lokis? Because we didn't encounter any other variants except for mm-hmm. the Lokis, Lokis in the void. Like, yes. So y'all just yes. are the shit show of the universe, essentially. But they're they are survivors, Ashley. Clearly, they are the survivors. <laughs> we also find it's worth noting that. Back at the TVA headquarters, Sylvie has this epic fight with Renslayer, and she ultimately prunes herself, and she finds herself in the void, and she finds Mobius, which was, it made my heart so happy. (laughs) I'm like, oh, he survived the void in this car, and they're trying to outrun Elias, and 
everybody meets up and they create this epic plan to make it on the other side of Goliath because they believe what they're looking for is there. He's just the guard dogs, so to speak. What I find interesting is Sylvie, Sylvie's character is actually based on a Marvel character called Enchantress. She's actually a protege of Loki in the comics, but no relation. And so basically she's going to use her enchanting power to get this guard dog under control so they can make it to the other side. Loki doesn't, has never developed that power. That's the other thing about these variants that I also appreciate. Classic Loki is extremely powerful, right? But he's also had years of experience develop that power. Right. Whereas our current Loki is really great at fighting and a little bit of magic courtesy of his mother, which we've got from previous episodes. But this enchantress is all self-taught. So Loki is concerned that he wouldn't be able to do it, but he manages to do it with the help of, as I mentioned, classic Loki who saves the mother effing day. I put in my notes, glorious purpose. Okay. It was such an epic scene. What did you think about classic Loki? Is this part of the reason why you enjoy him the most? Absolutely. And he went out like a G. I mean, I put, I put literally, he's Queen Latifah and set it off. Like he went out absolutely like an icon and I appreciated and respected it um, so much. So yeah, he was definitely my favorite. And it also showed that he was talking about superior Loki, superior to all those other Lokis we just saw fighting, that he was willing to sacrifice his own life. So that's and I think something that came from maturity because a lot of those Lokis. And experience, right? <laughs> And yes. show, though, that, you know, Lokis are not irredeemable, that they do have, depending on their time and, you know, efforts, redeemable qualities. Exactly. Exactly. All right, Ashley, we make it to the final episode. And it's important to note that in the beginning of this particular episode, there are flashes of multiple universes and black holes. And I, I think that's going to mean something in the future now that we're in this fourth phase of marvel with the new doctor strange movie with the new spider-man movie that we spoke about last week in hot topic i'm just gonna put that out there like i i watched a lot of youtube fandom videos preparing for this recap i'm excited to see what's gonna what's in store so sylvie and loki make it to a citadel at the end of time and they're greeted by Miss Minutes, who gives them somewhat of um, I'm gonna call it temptation. Like you can have whatever you want. You can both exist on the same timeline if you just essentially say yes, right? And they are both borderline redeemed, right? Like at the end of episode five, all Loki pretty much says is like, I want you to know that I'm going to be there for you, Sylvie's like something that we've never seen him do before. Right. Um, so we're, we're looking at redeemed Loki's here. Do you trust Miss Minutes? Uh, no, she came in very ominously. Um, how is it that ma'am, that your little silhouette has made it to the end of the world, wherever we're supposed to be at this minute, and, then, and there's nobody else around, nothing else is happening. It was very weird. It was very ominous. Um, I was totally at the end of episode five, like, oh, we're about to go off and see the goddamn wizard from the Wizard of Oz. And I thought I was about to be anticlimactic, but she definitely came and kind of set a more, um, a tone that seemed a little more sinister to start this episode. 
absolutely she scared the mess out of me when she popped up i was like <laughs> you know and after a while that little southern accent wasn't fooling nobody okay mm-hmm. nobody she's a little shady she's a little shady and so they make their way further into the citadel and they meet he who remains mother effing jonathan majors he who remains a black man, Delora. A black man. That means the TVA is a black-owned operation. <laughs> <laughs> he who remains, he gives us the wonderful backstory. He is a 31st century scientist. So for anybody who needs help with math, still in the future. We're nowhere near the 31st century. <laughs> No, ma'am, we're not. Uh, He's a scientist and very intelligent. And he found out that there are universes. He was then able to meet other variants of himself and they started collaborating. And then it takes a turn because some some of his variants wanted to conquer and be the supreme universe. And so there was this multi- verse war going on and he who remains harnessed Elias and ended the multiverse created all the tools and the organization of the tva and he was able to create cosmic harmony do you think the tva is good or necessary evil ashley at this point with the way that he explained it i understood where he was coming from especially where he had the outbursts and it's like grow up Sylvie grow up it hit me as like you're right I mean there are necessary I don't even want to call it necessary evils but there are things that are not quite that black and white and after he explained the history and the fact that if the TVA hadn't been created, it would have been worse. And if there was a multiversal war going on, um, yeah, then it, is, it does seem like it was necessary. And I did understand his rationale and where he was coming from. It seems like he had the best of intentions, right? At least mm-hmm. if we are to take him at face value, he had the best of intentions. He's thought this through. But can I say one thing? For some reason, mm-hmm. watching this a second time made me so emotional because I mm-hmm. thought about, I literally almost came to tears thinking about the fact of, of the black kids who are watching this and realizing and seeing themselves at this level of intelligence in such a huge um, budgeted television mm-hmm. show like it really hit me differently my second watch mm-hmm. so I appreciate the fact that this black man was the head of this organization it touched me deeply <laughs> that's wonderful and well said I agree I agree wholeheartedly my last question on that, Ashley, is this. Do you think who, he who remains is good or deliriously evil? So it's one thing to create the TVA, but he himself, what do you think about him? I don't think he's evil. And I also don't think he's good. I think that he is mm, a pragmatic being. I think he's a human being. He's a flawed, fallible human being. And I do mm-hmm. think that he's doing what he thinks he has to to do for the good of humanity, not just himself. I don't feel like the decisions he made were for selfish gain, which matters to me, right? We even had um, earlier in, I believe it was Loki who said, no one is truly good and no one is truly bad, something like that. And it goes back to also talking about the whole anti-hero thing. He's probably another version of an anti-hero. 
but his intentions are not as selfish as we see of some other anti-heroes in the Marvel universe. I agree. At this point, he told Loki and Sylvie that he paved the way for them to be exactly where they are at that very moment. During that time, he was trying to, they were trying to kill him, but he was unable to get got because he controlled everything. He gave them the option to either kill him or run the TVA. Which one would you choose, Ashley? Um, I would have run the TVA because the way that he talked about his death sounded very bleak. Um, And again, it's supposed to be about the good of everyone, not just your own selfish intentions, right? So Mm -hmm. yes, I would have run the TVA. This man said, I'm old, I'm tired. But why the Lokis? Why Sylvie and Loki? Mm -hmm. I wish they would have explained that. That's a great point. But I, like I mentioned before, I think what Miss Minutes presented to, in front of them was a bit of a test, right? To see if they would pass. But to your point, Ashley, if they killed him, one of the ramifications of that is all his evil variants will come back. <laughs> and start and this it'll be all over again. a multiverse war all over again. Sylvie is just gun ho about killing him because she is frankly ran by rage and revenge. The revenge of having her childhood being stolen, the revenge of having to escape this organization all her life. She just was not seeing it. But this evolved Loki is like, hey, let's think this through. You know what I mean? Like, let's look at the bigger picture. This is bigger than you and I. And they, because they are all very mischievous, no one trusted anybody. We saw a character growth in Loki. He was willing to believe him, but he tells her, I just want you to be okay. And then they have this epic kiss and she tells him, but I am not you. And she pushes him through the tin pad door and she goes and kills he who remains i put in my notes ashley that sylvie was a dumbass <laughs> yeah too much to bear her selfishness in this final episode was too much for me what cost ashley i mean was it worth it no it was not she's stupid she's stupid she was selfish and, and i could tell that it wasn't worth it because she started crying but and I think, I don't know what she expected because I'm not going to lie. The first time I saw this, I was like, are there going to be like multiple he who remains like that are just going to like come out Sprout or something out. like that? I yeah. thought she cried just because it was like a finally fulfilled mission, you know? And what is she going to do with herself now? Like you've had all these years and all these plans. What are you about to do mm-hmm. with yourself now, girl? Even if this had not turned out to go branch off into all this stuff which we know it's about to what was she going to do with herself she betrayed the man that she fell in love with her mm-hmm. uh, other half whatever you want to call it i don't know what sylvie was expecting oh. huh so yeah and i don't know what sylvie was expecting but she was dumb driven so much by revenge and she ends up all alone i think that's something to be said about that as well mm-hmm. So, Ashley, we end this series with Loki falling into into the TVA headquarters again, distraught, because 
he was betrayed, something that is known for Lokis. <laughs> and he goes and runs for help, and he runs into Hunter B-15 and Mobius and tells them about he who remains, and they have no idea who he is. And we are, the camera then cuts to a giant statue of he who remains, or aka Khan, or any other variant of Khan. And we end the series. I loved how this series ended because it gave me Planet of the Apes vibes. For sure. It was so epic. Yeah. I just could the not The Mark Wahlberg version, kids. The Mark Wahlberg version. <laughs> With the, the statue of Lincoln. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Looking like a monkey. The world uh, is not as I left it. Insane. And so that means he's lost in some some universe, yep, some universe. branch. Yep. How is he going to ever get back? But we are in luck, Ashley, because Marvel Studios and Disney Plus have approved a season two. Yep. So my final question for you, Ashley, before your final thought, how does Loki rank compared to the other Marvel shows? And would you like to put them in order? So we only have three, so it should be fairly easy. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's, it's WandaVision still number one for me, because again, the body of work of WandaVision was exceptional. Loki is probably number two because of what it now means for the rest of the MCU. And then Falcon and Winter Soldier is probably number three. What about you? Same. WandaVision was done so well. The, The fact that they were able to capture decades worth of television styles in one series was exceptional was phenomenal and they check out that recap guys again yes (laughs) yes 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 so ashley what are your final thoughts uh again definitely better on the second watch so if anybody didn't enjoy as much the first time watch it through again just to get a little more depth and to see a little bit more the consistency and the storytelling of it um, but again, I, it just it, it's now built up to a point where I'm so excited for these upcoming Marvel drops and releases because we're now entering, as you said, the fourth phase. Um, the multiverse is cracked wide open. Come on, Doctor Strange. Come on, Spider-Man. Let's go. Let's go. Like Lin-Manuel. <laughs> he says that in all his musicals. Um, so Wouldn't be an episode that. without you dropping Lin-Manuel Miranda's name. <laughs> Oh my goodness. My final thoughts for this, uh, this season. Loved Loki's emotional evolution. I love how he essentially learned to love himself in more ways than one. Yeah, <laughs> sure did. Mind F, mind you, right? Jonathan Mother F Majors! I'm so excited that he's in this show. Again, I grew to love him in Lovecraft Country. He was also another Lovecraft craft country alum along with uh Wumi and I also got to know him in the five bloods the Spike Lee joint oh phenomenal actor truly a star and I cannot wait to see him in Ant-Man 3 so and the last thing I'm gonna say is revenge will get you nowhere <laughs> and long live classic Loki forgot there's one last thing I was gonna say and okay. I didn't say it earlier, but I, it was in episode five that I realized that they had not taken a shower throughout this entire series. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> what you thought? Yes. 
<laughs> things because of all the headlines about celebrities not taking showers. And I was like, hold on. When's the last time these people showered? And what are they smelling like? Especially when they were like under the blanket together. <laughs> I'm sure maybe with their magic that they could freshen themselves up. But for some reason that ran through my mind in this series. That's too funny. Well, That's you know, he is, he is a god, little G. That's right? what I said. So. Maybe they use some of that magic. But you saw Sylvie was like, ooh, you, can you give me a new outfit? Because she was wearing that shit through every episode of the series. So that was really it. I'm done now. All right. If there's nothing else, Ashley, we are all done with the recap. Are you ready for the hidden gems? Yes, I am. I have two today as usual. My first one, I don't have a lot uh, written down about it, but it's Raya and the Last Dragon on Disney+. Plus. I watched this on a plane, started on a plane, and loved it. It's probably my favorite animated film in a while. Um, still on Disney+. Plus. I think it was released as a premium at first, and now it's just available on your regular subscription. Um there's a star in the young lady who plays Raya, for sure. It's about kind of, you know, a society that dragons have to protect and the dragons have to sacrifice themselves for the greater good of humanity. And then humanity dissolves and it's a shit show because <laughs> of these drones that have taken mm-hmm. over. And then we have to come together again as humanity to not only rescue ourselves, but the dragons. So it was great. My second one is the girlfriend experience on stars. This is before I canceled my subscription because of Run the World that we did our last <laughs> recap on. And I watched season three, which had an interesting turn. I watched all three seasons. This, they're all standalone seasons, but with different leads. And this one I really enjoyed because it had an intellectual twist on it in terms of why the main character decided to pursue this profession of being a high-end escort, essentially. So you guys have not watched it again there's three seasons they're all standalone but season three was a standout for me in terms of the series as a whole and those are my hidden gems this week what are yours delora thank you ashley i have two hidden gems this week the first is a film it is called dorian gray it is an adaptation of the classic oscar wilde's novel from 1890 (laughs) uh this film i'm referring to is from 2009 uh, it is a horror slash drama. It's about an hour, 52 minutes, rated R. This isn't really a great movie, but <laughs> I watched it this week and I enjoyed it. So I always love the lore of Dorian Gray, right? It's about a guy who sells his soul and his picture ages and he doesn't. And it's the, in this adaptation, the reason why I watched it is because our boo from shadow and bone ben barnes aka prince caspian starred in it so i was oh, like oh i've never okay. seen it i remember and the character from the lead extraordinary gentleman yes yes and i remember that one too and uh this movie also stars one of my british faves colin Firth. i was intrigued right rotten tomatoes gave this movie 44 percent <laughs> So 44 critics, 39% audience. What do they know? (laughs) Well, Google users gave it 78% and I am probably there. I would give it a solid C. It was something to watch. You know, I love a good supernatural horror old Britain situation. I'm thinking, um, like you mentioned, the lead of Extraordinary Gentleman. Shout out to Sean Connery, RIP. I love him. Uh, Van Van Helsing from the early 2000s with uh, my other uh, 
Ozzy Boo, Hugh Jackman. So I just like that genre. And typically those movies aren't great, but I watched it and I enjoyed it. It was something to watch. I didn't watch the scenes where his ugliness in the picture came out because they really were doing a big, but he's an awful person, but he was very much perfect for the role because he's a very handsome man. So, and he was very young at that point too. He's aged a little bit now in Shadow and Bone. And then my second hidden gem is a Spotify podcast called Jamila Hill is Unbothered. I want to specifically highlight episode 151, Patty LaBelle. It's called Just Being Patty. And I just loved it. She talked about being called a diva. What does that mean to her? She talked about her friendship with Aretha Franklin and the fact that the movie was is coming out with uh, Jennifer Hudson. She even talked about being engaged to a very high profile Motown singer. And go ahead and check that out and you'll see who I'm talking about and what he wanted her to do if they got married. And she was like, mm, no. Mm. Uh, <laughs> uh, it came out August 2nd. It's, a, it's 66 minutes long. Um, and I love Jamil Hill. I love her taste. I know she can be problematic. Uh, she definitely was for people who love Trump, but you know, not a problem with me. Uh, <laughs> At all. She is a journalist, but she was specifically a, a sports journalist. And um, she has really cool guests and things like that. And you should check it out. She's also from Detroit. So soft spot in my heart there too. <laughs> Detroit what? All right. Um, well, Delora, are we are we done for today? Anything else for I the think people? So. That's it. Thank you so much for listening. And we will be back with a new episode with headlines and hot topics. So stay tuned. See ya. Bye.